Hey everybody, James Fodden here and welcome to uh, Wiser Wednesday. So uh, we're here to talk about the journey from founder to CEO today. So with us, we have um, some really exciting guests. So super, um, you know, just brilliant people that uh, some I've known for uh, quite a while and some that I've only met very recently. Um, I just briefly, briefly go through um, a, a bit about their background. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in short, because um, they're going to tell you a bit more about themselves. Uh, Miranda, like you're a, a Scrabble geek and, and, and weight trainer and you're, um, you know, earlier on in your journey of founder to CEO, but um, have huge potential. And I'm so excited to see where you take your uh, your business and your passion for, for what you do is just like, you know, it's infectious. It's, it's amazing. Liam, uh, likewise, you, you've been inspired by your granddad who came from Turkey, um, you know, age 16. We've known with him um, and he's had no family, no possessions and built uh, multiple successful businesses. Uh, so, you know, love to hear more about that. Uh, Jay, you've uh, you, you've opened about, you know, not passing any of your GCSEs. Basically, you've been a baker, a carpenter, part of a team that had a five million pound project all before you're 28. And um, you're, you're someone I've just seen accelerate, like in your, your learning, you just dedicate yourself to just you know, getting on and learning through help, helping others, which is really just a really amazing quality. And Karen, you know, only only met recently, but you know, you uh, published forty books. You've you've sold two million books and, and courses globally, like worldwide. So, just amazing to have you on here today um, and share your uh, your your um, you know experience and uh yeah apparently you make amazing is it mar marinara sauce so recipe oh. <laughs> we will you share that with the the group at some point if they uh if they ask sure. for it so um so look yeah so i've done a quick intro for me um you know why i do what i do i believe in a world of, of success and scaling without burnout uh, being being you know through five startups myself uh hit some really difficult times and you know seen some sort of good times and it's not easy and it's and it's much more fun doing it with uh, with others. So um, that's why we're here today. Uh, I'll go around the, the table first. So, yeah, Jay, um, first up, just give us like one minute, um, your journey to where you are today. Sure, sure. Yeah. So my uh, my journey really started uh, three years before I even thought about founding a company. Um, decided at the time I was a baker, uh, one of my many vocations. Uh, decided it wasn't really for me, wanted to change. So I, I looked at improving my skills through tech, joined an open university course. Uh, as, as as James said, I, I had no GCSEs pretty much to my name. Uh, took four years out to pretty much just work on myself and then got into the IT space. Uh, met my co-founder uh, while, uh, while in that field and we decided to uh, found a company to help other companies um, with their startup development needs. Uh, that is probably the short, shortest move. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, no swearing, which is incredible. And like the <laughs> least I've uh, heard you say. So uh, <laughs> um, next up on my screen, Miranda. Yes. Um, hi. So I am actually a qualified accountant and I have been for, gosh, uh, 11 or so years now. And um I, you know, as I qualified, I almost immediately went into leading finance teams, um, working in, you know, really busy startup environments or going into places where there was a need for systems and there was a need for kind of process efficiency. And I just found that um, a lot of things, you know, lots of archaic systems were in place and people just... I think there was an appetite for from the people you know who actually work or you know frontline staff as I call them to improve things and to bring about efficiencies but sometimes there was a, a disconnect between those people and C-suite executives and I just started looking for better ways to do things and almost naturally gravitated into becoming more of a consultant um, and along that journey I came across um, the very nifty niftily named robotic process automation or RPA for short which is basically creating software robots that can do what a human being can do on a computer and I was immediately drawn to 
to this technology, I immediately knew that it was going to revolutionize the way businesses operated moving forward. And I wanted to be a part of that revolution. And, um, and that's, <laughs> that's how I got here. <laughs> Still a little bit shocked that I'm here, but that's how I got here. <laughs> well, we'll go into imposter syndrome uh, a little bit later. So um, yeah, next, uh, next on my screen, Liam. Um, yeah, so come out of school a bit like Jay, didn't have too much to kind of show for it. Uh, spent 10 years kind of working for people doing different jobs and um, just yeah my career path changed uh, 2013 kind of stepped away from my what was my last employed job at the time and thought I'm probably not the built to be an employee and I felt ready to kind of take the take the leap I remember going away actually on a family trip and I weren't too quite weren't quite sure what I was going to do but I know I needed to do something um, so I've had a couple of successful businesses and probably more than a few failed ones along the way of kind of <laughs> ideas and concepts. Um, but I kind of found the niche in, uh, moved into the renewable sector um, in 2015, 16. Um, I've launched two businesses in that sort of space. One's a waste energy business, and then more recently, a uh, where I'm currently um, CEO and co-founder of an electric vehicle charging business. Um, I just really love the hustle, really. And I know it's kind of that buzzword, but just kind of building something from nothing, uh, just a concept and an idea and then turning it into a business that can, can flourish. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Liam. And, um, yeah, so, Karen, all the way from New York as well. So, early start for you. And I understand you've got to do this, the school run, so we've got you for about another half an hour. So, um, but, look, you sounded like you started really young in your um journey of creativity so yeah t tell us how that sort of panned out for you sure i started off in new york advertising agencies like jay walter thompson mccann erickson young rubicam and i rose up very quickly i got a clio like the first year sort of like the advertising emmy or whatever you want to call it my first year in the business and i became like a senior vice president creative director of my 20s i was doing very well but I wasn't happy. It was like a lot of political backstabbing. I used to joke that um, you couldn't drink a glass of water without it spreading out the knife holes in your back or whatever. <laughs> and um, so I kept threatening to quit. My parents kept talking me out of it. How could you quit? You're doing so well. And then my philosophy was if I'm doing well at something I don't like, and I apply those skills to something I do like, then maybe I'll do well in the thing I like. So I just quit and didn't tell my parents for a while. <laughs> and then I started off writing books and screenplays and I had like a best-selling, lots of best-selling books um, and sold my books, uh, some of my, my first novel to Miramax uh, to be a movie and like TV shows and blah, 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 blah. And then, um, and then I came back, I was living in LA doing TV and screenwriting. And then I came back to New York and I decided to do more books. And I've since published about over 40 books. Many bestsellers have sold over 2 million. And now I do courses. So altogether, I've sold over 2 million books and online courses. And I have about 1.5 million uh, social media followers and like 100,000 uh, newsletter subscribers because I took what I learned in advertising and marketing, you know, kept up you know up leveling it because the world changes and i say the world is constantly changing you got to change with it so some of the marketing obviously is more um based on online marketing which is different than the old school advertising but that has definitely helped me to to stay thriving and however i reinvent myself oh, well look it's amazing to have you, you here karen we we hope to learn like lots from you uh, and look everyone here today um you know you're special people you've got something you've, you've you've done that kind of you've decided to go right I'm going to do something um you know zagging another zig that type of thing it's it's difficult it's not easy to go on the 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 sort of founder journey um and I kind of liken it to like the monkey bar analogy where you you can't hold or reach for the next one until you've made it visible enough uh, and you won't let go of this one until you've done it so um maybe uh like should we start Miranda for yourself like what was it that you um that so when you're saying yes to something you're saying no to something else so what was that for you um so I think 
what I said no to was that kind of lack of um, being, you know, autonomy over, you know, what my workday looks like, what direction I want to go in, um, what, you know, having a bigger influence on the culture. Um, but, you know, what you're leaving behind sometimes then is structure, um, you know, and sometimes even though it's like a, um, it's not the greatest structure, you know, um, Karen talked about politics, which grinds my absolute gears. Um, it's at least something. And it's, so it feels like you're stepping outside of a poorly built house, but then you're stepping into a, a thunderstorm. And, you know, and now you've got to very quickly start stacking the bricks and getting your, you know, roof up and, you know, um, so, so for me, that was, you know, I, I think that was probably a really difficult part of it. And also stepping away from the illusion of security, of job security, or, you know, as a consultant contract security, you know, I've got six months or whatever, and you're stepping into, into an un, an unknown. Um, but the beauty of that unknown is that it is unknown and, and therefore it can, within that you can create something that's more fit for you. Mm, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, Liam, do you want to jump in with your yes yeah, no? it's, yeah, it's um, yeah, touch on the same as what Miranda said there. It's kind of I was like I said before, kind of fortunate that I had a bit of time to reflect, and um, when I kind of started that yes and no journey to become effectively an entrepreneur, and going what am I saying yes to? I didn't even know, but I knew what I was saying no to almost in there, almost to turn that question on the other way around, and. Where I was away on holiday, I had a good chance to kind of reflect on what I'd done in my career. And I've noticed that I'd always gone for, turned down the jobs at the bigger companies and gone for the ones that more entrepreneurial and bought into kind of working with the right leaders and learning from and things like that and, and learned loads from some great people. But one of the major things I learned is not just what they're good at, but what they're bad at. I realized they weren't all perfect. So it's quite nice to kind of see the imperfections and go, oh, I can be imperfect as well and be to a level I want to be at. So um yeah it's it's an interesting one the yes and the no um but yeah it's uh then it sets you off on the path obviously you want to follow but i'm quite good at tending to analyze a situation and make decisions so it's um kind of take, took me where i am today so. awesome yeah jay have you got a uh, it's really interesting question not something i've sort of thought about in in detail but uh similar to liam i didn't didn't know what I was saying yes to and it was very much a big shock to what I was actually saying yes to when I decided to found but what I knew I was I was moving away from is sort of the the, the box you sort of put yourself in as an employee I, I was I was an okay employee you know I did my job but I, I always felt like I was um, I was a, ahead of my ambition or where I could take my ambition within any company Um I often find myself shifting from position to position, either internally or externally. And then I, I sort of thought, right, is this is this too slow for me for my progression? So that's really what sparked that um, that decision for me, uh, and to really look at what I'm turn, turning away from. Uh, on reflection, what I was saying yes to was sort of expanding that uh, bubble of uh, knowledge of of uh, and being uncomfortable um but in control of wider situations and really uh just exploring what that meant as a founder and and uh how much that can improve uh if you know if you if you just make the leap mm, yeah yeah okay that's that's great jay um yeah I, it, like just interjecting like for me, I remember it was almost, it was actually at a Tony Robbins event, you know, uh, uh, you know, apologies to have to, you know, no, but I mean, they, they're really powerful, like, and it, it was 6.30 in the morning and I woke up and I was like, actually, like for the first time, because I understood the the concept of the, you know, entrepreneur, the manager and the artist, I was like, I want to be the, like the artist. It's the, it's that creativity that was what really uh, I'd suppressed as a result of being, um, 
you know, within structures that didn't need me to be the artist. So that that was that was the kind of you know for me with with amplified. That's that's the journey. Karen, what, what with what you're hearing, what's the um, yeah? How, how would you reflect on this? Because you're you're a massive like you know a- advocate for positive psychology and yeah. Well, I I know that wanting to be innovative and creative and a lot of advertising was about like focus groups. And I remember there was one time, this was kind of what they say, inciting incident. Like one of the things that just like pushed me over the edge was we were given uh, a craft mayonnaise commercial to write on the same day that my art director announced that his wife was pregnant. And his wife gave birth to a live human being with like little fingers and toes, like baby born before we gave birth to our craft mayonnaise commercial, because there were so many like focus groups and changes and this and that. And I was like, I wanted to really use my creativity uh, full force. And I also want to do something more fulfilling. I didn't want to just, uh, you know, use my creativity to sell mayonnaise. I wanted to use my creativity, you know, for good and not like, you know, I wouldn't say evil mayonnaise isn't evil, but like for something like, cause that's how I got into the calorie count says different, but I like writing books that, you know, help people and now courses that help people. I like applying my creativity to things that do good in the world. And that also was a big yes for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I guess in another sort of reflection um, is that, sort of becoming a founder well owning a business is easy like running a good business is hard um so you know getting on in the uk it's company's house so you just you register it costs you know 18 quid or whatever and suddenly you're a founder as such but that this is important about where you set your goals because weirdly that had been my goal um to 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 like own a company whatever but that that's the goal was set too short because you have to then re re baseline your goal and go right. Actually, is running a good one is that what not what needs to be the goal and 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 that needs to be the sort of shift. So, um, yeah. So for 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 others, um, uh, maybe because uh, Jay, you've had a real roller coaster. So like like of like really awesome highs and some significant kind of challenges uh in the in the last even just like two weeks because <laughs> every time I speak to you it's different so talk us through like what that's been like for you and you know h- how have you managed like both the highs and the lows oh god well manage is probably uh <laughs> uh the wrong term but uh yeah so put a bit of context on that we uh we'd landed so on a high we'd landed a you know, a, a massive deal for the company will accelerate us, you know, to the next level in terms of where we want to go with the business. Not five, six days before that, we had lost uh, a smaller deal, but something again, which would have accelerated us. So we, I'd gone from, uh, so not knowing how we're going to make money uh, to making something that took or, or landing something that took six months to sort of build and pitch and and, and sell to the client. So the, the, I think as a founder, the, the the emotional shift that you have to deal with is is something ridiculous. And that's something I didn't expect when founding a company. Um, but it's sort, it has forced me to build coping mechanisms and, and try and build healthy coping mechanisms. There's obviously a stigma that's dropping nowadays, which is which is great about talking to a therapist. I talked to a therapist for a few few months during during the first two years of the company. Uh, I've explored things like uh, hypnotherapy uh, to help with anxiety and and, and stress in in those areas. Uh, but big biggest support network is family and friends, and having a great team in the company as well. And that sort of goes into hiring the right people. And sort of the vision of the company, but uh, I've got to shout out my partner. She's she's supported me through thick and thin, you know, sleepless nights. Um, I think that is probably a, a a great foundation to have is having that support network of people. And this is where these sort of um, meetings help with me being part of the Amplified program is having founders to talk to and having other CEOs to talk to because they they get it. You know, that your family and friends are great, but if they don't 
understand where you know the struggles you go through where this you know money about stress money about people um stress about people you know they they don't get it so it's great to have a support network yeah that's awesome jane like yeah like thank, thanks for your honesty as well like it is so interesting how yeah like being able to to ha- have therapists coach and so on like and and interestingly hypnotherapy like has become it's becoming much more mainstream I was super um, skeptical at first. I, I was like, hypnotherapy is, you know, will it work? And then I, I've done two sessions so far, and there's a there, there is a measurable measurable change in my attitude, and that's coming from external sources, not something I've observed in myself. So yeah. there's some validity in it, but obviously, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, there's also I think you, there's a concern is that you know I haven't done it as well, like that it's going to change you. So, you know, there's a real worry Like I like who I am. If I yeah. do this, does it change me? But it just gets you to unpack stuff that you've got going on. That we... Yeah, just drills a bit deeper than what you can, because I found with therapy, you'd, you'd mask. You'd, you'd put a mask on because you're used to masking in front of uh, you know, the people around you. Um, different forms of therapy help you drop that mask. So it helped me massively there. Anyone else got other things that you, like routines or how, how how do you like maybe Miranda what what do you do to keep your um because you like you're you're a really exciting stage in your business but you've you've also had to just be you know have dogged determinism um you know really for the last like at least six months so it's but you've kept going and you you're uh, you're uh, you're cooking on gas so <laughs> thank you um yeah I mean for me I'm you know, so I've always had an interest in kind of that whole mindset, um, not to not to trample on Karen's territory here, but um, you know, I've always I've always strongly advocated to people around me that you know what how you and I always use this example of um, you know when two people you have siblings who grew up in the same household and maybe they had parents who couldn't look after them you'll have one sibling who becomes a roaring success and you say whoa how what motivated you how did you become this person and they'll say oh well you know it was really bad my my mom was this or my dad was never around and we were dirt poor and then you'll find one who's maybe in prison and you say how did you get here he'll say well listen my mom was never around and we were dirt poor but you know they have the same circumstances but they they've used those in different ways to inspire who they've become um so i knew that despite the fact that the start was quite challenging and it wasn't challenging in that it was any more difficult or things were made harder by any circumstances it was just challenging because i put a lot of pressure on myself i'd attained a certain kind of level in my career in the corporate world and you know i didn't want to it was it was it was like a pride thing or you could say an ego thing or an accomplishment thing um so i really leaned in on that mindset uh thing i leaned in on you know to what jay alluded to earlier i think sometimes are the emotions we reach for and the behaviors and the habits we reach for are, are based on our subconscious programming um so I, I leaned a lot on sort of meditation and and getting beyond that ego and those you know we all have those voices in our heads that tend to lean towards the negative and I I started you know looking at that voice and saying well why are you assuming it's bad or why are you assuming it's it's you know why why am I assuming the worst when actually there's so many more options I could consider um so so meditation has been huge for me yeah awesome thanks um Karen like yeah what's your um I have so many I mean psychology I I always loved psychology when I was growing up I used to read um psychology today magazine and mad magazine do you have mad magazine where you are do you know what that is it's a funny magazine (laughs) I write funny I say if you put psychology today mad magazine in a blender and press frappe you'd get my books because I always had humor Like, you know, how to be happy, damn it, is one of my books. But so a couple of things that I do is, um, first of all, one I got from my son's classroom. This is a quickie. When he was in third grade, they built this giant wall devoted to the word yet. And then they had, this is from third grade. I loved it. And then they have like, I'm not reading at the level I want yet. 
I don't know how to do math yet. And they said that whatever your problem is, you know, you just go yet. And it changes your mindset. So, okay, I'm not making seven figures yet. I'm not making eight figures yet. I haven't. So I love that word yet. I love that. Um, the other thing is that regular affirmations sometimes don't work for me because it's hard to believe them when you're really in a negative mindset. So I, I say that people should pour themselves a cocky tail where you remind yourself of the time that you've slammed on or accomplished something. And that helps like to convince you because it's based in logic. And then you turn that into mindset. Well, I, you know, manage, I sold a screenplay to Miramax, you know, I can do this, you know. And then I also tell myself phrases like, um, I am smarter than this problem, or I'm more creative than this problem. And then at one point I came up with this like silly name for myself, like where I, my I, identity is destiny. And I just told myself, I am a, I am the problem meister. I've never met a problem that I couldn't help. So, and because it's funny, like I'm the problem meister, but it's also like my identity. Like I, I don't mind it. I'm going to take, I like problems. I can solve this. Like it's my identity changes. Mm. And then the last thing is that when I wake up in the morning, I don't just write my to-do list. I write what I call my to-be list. So Frank Sinatra, he's saying doobie doobie doo. Well, he's a great crooner. Not me. I'm a terrible crooner. We're backwards. He's a great crooner, but a dyslexic self-help book author. And I'm like good at the self-help stuff. So <laughs> I say that you should sing be do, be do, be do. And because who you are affects what you'll do. So if if you ask yourself in, in your journal every morning, like, who do I need to become to get what I want in life? Who do I need to become to solve this problem? And then you think of adjectives, which are really like character traits or core values. Like I need to be a better communicator. I need to be more brave. I need to be more organized. I need to be more disciplined. I need to be a better listener. And you write all of those to be's down. And then you look at your to-do list. You will do your to-dos better when you focus on, because really you have to change who you are on the inside to change what you accomplish. So I, I write my little to-be list before I write my to-do list and then I use it to look and to motivate myself. So that's another quickie. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it described to me before as like the, almost your container. Um, and if we're not thinking big, we've got like a small container around us. And if we're thinking like much bigger thoughts and much bigger picture, our container can hold much more, like much more energy. And it's, um, it's actually a uh, you know so, someone who is into like positive psychology uh, on NACA who is like like describing this to us, but I think it's really powerful. It just it just is. It's, there is there's something about like looking up and taking a deep breath and being feeling like you kind of you, I, I don't know about deserve, but like there's there's just so much in it, um, and it's you know whereas if, if we're if we're sort of you know shrink and violet or whatever if we're not if we're not feeling that imposter syndrome thing is it really like hampers you know all of us but especially you know and if you're on the ceo kind of like founded the ceo journey um so uh yeah liam how about yourself because you've you you sort of strike me as someone who's well you're, you're you're definitely people in process centric but you're you put your client first and what you do um and like you've quadrupled your turnover last year. Uh, you, 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 you've actually gone down the fundraising route as well. So you've got a lot, you, there's, there's a lot of belief in you and what you do. Talk us through that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, for me, this is mentioned earlier actually on, on, on this call, I believe in what I do because I, I couldn't do it if I didn't genuinely. And it's kind of, I know I could probably go and a hell of a lot more money doing St. Kells and I wouldn't like it and wouldn't enjoy it and I wouldn't have that buzz for what, what I do. Um, but yeah, it's kind of what, what I've learned probably the most has probably helped me is I've been really like self-aware and that's one of the things that I, it was actually one of the things my mum actually installed into us as kids. Kind of, I remember coming back. If you, if I fell out with someone on a Monday, then someone else on a Tuesday and someone else on a Wednesday, the first thing she would say is you're the common denominator. So I think you need to look at yourself before you start moaning about Fred, Paul and John. It's um, you need to probably have a look at yourself. So it's kind of something that's been still quite young. Um, and what I then found is 
I know I need to manage myself. So where I want to be, and I'm not. So what I what I tend to do, and a few people on this call will probably know this. I like to chat and have a conversation with people. Um, there you go. There's a few sniggers and laughs. Um, <laughs> but what I've what I've found is I've, I've built myself like a network of people around me that don't tell me what I what I want to hear. They tell me what I need to hear. But I know. And they're not always nice when you dial them. I know who I need to call at different points. So it's funny. I won't call my mum when I've got a problem because my mum will tell me I'm amazing and that I'm doing well and kind of keep going. I tend to call my mum when I've done something well and tell her, mum, I've done this well because I just need to brag a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's the call you don't make to someone. But it's kind of... So for me, network's really important. So the people around me that know who I am to the core, know what I'm about, know my principles and values, but can also just tell me straight and I I'm, I'm, I want to hear it straight. I've been quite transparent with people. And that's why I found even like Amplified and Catalyst groups is phenomenal in that regard because it's nice to have like-minded people around you. I'm quite fortunate that in different social circles, I've got different friends. I mean, two of my friends, we've got a group of 10 boys, two of my friends are ridiculously successful. Um, so it's kind of like, it's good to kind of go to them and you can kind of bounce stuff with. Other guys, not so much. They're not worried about that. So you just I kind of pick my little pockets and then have that network of people I can kind of bounce things off. And that's just what's really helped me kind of control me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, awesome. Um, yeah. Well, there, there's the, the whole concept of you're the, you're the six people you surround yourself by, right? There's, so it's, um, yeah, it, it is interesting. Um you know, I, I think you have to be a little bit careful that sort of stuff because some people then just like ditch half their mates. But um, yeah, it's it's a but it is interesting. Like, what do you allow in? Um, and most importantly, what do you allow yourself to tell yourself? Because that's probably you know the whole concept of being told that you're bad at maths. If you then tell yourself 199 times more that you're bad at maths, that's 200 times being told you're bad at maths. So um, so that is well, sorry to interject. I resonate with what Liam said there so what I've discovered through um, my founder's journey is that my friendship group changed to where people or where there's I was the common denominator as Liam says or where they was there but the the shift changed and the people who sort of stuck around were the people who got the journey so I I 100% resonated with what Liam was saying there yeah 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 really powerful yeah yeah it's it's tricky because uh, and also with family like often there there isn't really an understanding of you know my mum always I remember when we were like buying a, another company she was like you're already busy enough like why why are you doing that and it's just kind of really difficult to like so for, for me Liam it's harder to share success uh, with my <laughs> mum in that respect but um yeah, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's important also to have people that, you, that, that don't care about what you do. But actually, because I need to get away from it. I need to leave that problem in the office and kind of, and I just need someone that... To ground just you. Does, yeah, just, and actually it doesn't matter what you do. And I, a, a few friends of mine that they couldn't give it. it <laughs> if you earn a pound, a million pounds, they don't, they just, they, they're not career motivated, but they don't even, they like, don't even ask how it works. And it's quite nice in that regard, do you know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes you've just got to have, that's why I say I, I need to know myself and need to know where I need to go to either deal with my problem or kind of shut down and, and kind of just manage me and my mind. Yeah. Um, I'd like to sort of just shift it into, because to, to some extent, the, the, the sort of founder to CEO journey is about shifting from me to we. So there's this kind of... Um, it may have a couple of co-founders, but you naturally build it around yourself. But then you've got to try and, well, A, you want to find people that want to come on that journey. So like, what 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 is it that you you can do to like in, inspire others to do that? And then how do you actually, you know, release stuff so it's not all, all of you? Um, and, you know, how is, how how do you avoid as well being the sort of saviour that, that ends up flying in, solving problems, uh, leaving again. Um, and almost, and what I see a lot happening is being almost creating this behaviour within a team because they know that you'll fly in and solve it, they won't solve it. 
so it's really really problematic in a in a startup when when this this happens and it's almost there's almost like a need from a founder perspective to be needed and so this behavior is like you know subconsciously again created um anyone had experience of that either in your own business or in in other businesses uh, yeah i i I, I would say so. So when we first founded the company, so it was me and um, my business partner, Louis, uh, it was 50-50 and, uh, you know, the, the responsibilities were shared. But there was a there was a conversation that I had after a few arguments where uh, things weren't clear. We didn't know which direction we were going in. We were dropping the ball with things. Uh, and it, that, that sort of that marked this this change from founder to CEO. And really defining what it means to do that and what we found after we had that conversation it was explicitly said right you're going to be ceo uh you're going to be cto we're going to have these responsibilities and redefine that that's where we we really picked up on the on the traction and we went from strength to strength from that um and on the point of bringing the right people in one i i would say we would have failed if we brought someone in any earlier than that point it wasn't until after that point we were ready to bring our first employee on because we understood what needed to be done. And since we, you know, we, we've, we've grown to a team of five now, so two of us to five, um, we're able to do that because there's an understanding of where, where, where people's roles are, and where their strengths are. And, and it is that, that sort of mentality. It's like, I, I'd never get involved in certain aspects of the business now because it's not under my remit. You know, I'm, I'm, I need to be aware of it. And, it, you know, there's obviously practices you can employ to, to understand where you need to be just aware of things. Um, but yeah, since, since, since that sort of conversation happened and, and implementing, you know, processes, massive, massive help, just having things written down to say where things need to go, uh, how it needs to happen that's really accelerated the business and I feel more comfortable in calling myself a CEO now rather than a founder because of that shift yeah, yeah. and then that understanding or that shift in understanding. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Jay, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that clarity of role, like is absolutely key. Karen, I'm aware that you might need to leave shortly. Can, can, but before you do that, I've actually got two questions, but so the first one is um, you're, you're, you're you've got like huge um you've got like this amazing community that you've you've created you're also kind of looking at how you sort of you know shift in your your role you're you're the creator in your in your in your business what are some of the things that you're looking to do in 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 you know the the, the in 2022 that sort of shifts things so you're you're able to sort of scale you great question um and very pertinent because it's all happening. I am actually, I had more, during when the pandemic hit, a lot of people wanted to be entrepreneurs and build up their brands and businesses. And I had already been helping people to do this, but more and more people started to come to me. And in particular, they wanted uh, to create online courses around what they're doing. So I started to help individuals to create online courses and everybody was doing really well. I, you know, and I kept upping my prices. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to create a course to help other people to create courses. And that's what I've just launched a course on that. Um, make profitable courses without the overall, because I have the, the extra skill set of helping people with their mindset and the overwhelm. And that's what's stopping people from trying something new, like taking what they're doing and morphing it into a course. And so with my ability to help people with their mindsets um, and get over their fears of doing something new, creating an online course, and how do we create the technology and the marketing and blah, 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 blah. And also because I sort of touch every part myself and I, I kind of know how to teach like course writing, course uh, video, course design, course sales page copy from so anyway so that's what i'm doing now and i'm kind of morphing more into helping people with their businesses with branding and you know mindset and all of that kind of stuff more business 
Yeah, amazing. What I'm doing. Very meta. A, a, a training course about creating training courses. I like yes. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. And actually, we just launched, um, we start the, the group coaching. There are going to be 12 group coaching calls start on on June 3rd and that to me is growing me because I don't do much I haven't done I've never done group coaching so I'm gonna have to stretch so but I'm ready because everything that I've gotten it's because I you know felt like oh no I don't want to do that and then I just threw myself in. that's how I kind of feel about group coaching I'm like oh my god I've never done that but if I'm telling people to do things that they're thinking oh my god I've never done that then I have to be able to do that. So that's where I'm going out of my comfort zone right now is the 12 group coaching calls I've never done before. Yeah, amazing. And putting this, this sort of stake in the ground and going, this is what I'm doing, uh, you know, and you, your why for why you're doing it, you, you, you then work out the how, like, because it's, you know, you've got, <laughs> you've got a date, it's, it's happening. And you know what I do? I also somehow either trick myself thinking it's going to be fun. I somehow like, this will be fun. And also I remind myself the parts that I do like, I do like people and human connection and I do like helping people and I like feeling like, and I like communication. So sometimes if you just put up the online course and you're not a part of it, you don't get to feel that human interact. Even like a book goes out into the world. You don't sit there and watch somebody reading the book and like, you don't feel it. But when you, so I'm reminding myself, this will be fun. This will be good. And I link it to the things I like rather than linking it to the things I don't like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, I know you have to go. So uh, in, um, yeah, uh, sort of spoiler alert for the others, but so if you were going to go back to the start of your entrepreneurial journey, what bit of advice would you give yourself? In less than 20 words. <laughs> I'm going to sneak off to get my son ready for school. Oh, that, that was to you, that question, Karen. Yes. Yeah, great meeting uh, you all. Okay. <laughs> You're not answering it. <laughs> Are you asking me? You want yeah, to yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you were asking the, the rest of everybody. No, no, sorry, to you, Karen. Like, what, what's, what, in, in less than 20 words, what yeah. bit of advice would you give yourself if you were starting, okay. as you were starting your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, uh, write everything down, keep rewriting it. It's a living, breathing organism. Be ready to change what you thought originally it should be, but not change like dramatically, like just be ready to be open to, uh, how to improve it as you keep going and everything has problems. And, and when it happens, don't think it's the end, just say, Oh, this is the part where the problem comes in and then try to adapt. And uh, successful people are not people that, are, that never fail. They're people that know how to fail really well. You know, every member of the, of the fortune 500 club could be a member of the misfortune 500 club. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's seeing failures fuller and like I full of lesson. Like I just, you know, I don't know. I guess that would be that's sort of my uh, quickie answer. <laughs> awesome. So, and, and just always add yet. Always add yet to it. <laughs> always add yet. Always yeah. add yet. Love it. How you start your day is important and how you end your day is important. So starting with the right mindset and, and preparing. Don't just jump right in. I always start with I wake up early. I wake up every morning really early just to get myself into a positive frame of mind and do things that put me, you know, feeling powerful. And then I jump in and then I end my day thinking about um, the good stuff that I accomplished, gratitude, like those bookends really help also for mindset. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. Well, lovely to have you on today. Um, yeah. Good luck on the school run. And we look forward to uh, speaking again soon. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Great to meet Bye, you. Karen. Bye. Bye. Uh, great. So, uh, yeah. Um, do you now know the, the question at the end? Sorry. Sorry, guys. But um, um, I, I think uh, just getting sort of like, you know, towards the end now, just looking to sort of close this out. Well, when we look at. Um, so, again, you, you, the three of you all strike me as people that make time for planning and I think, well, I'm going to quote myself, if we don't make time for planning, we're forced to make time for problems. So like, that's something that I really believe in. Um, it, it, it just things, if we just 
you know put things off and procrastinate and so on and don't deal with it it's it's a it can be a huge like issue in like the, the scaling journey and we'll miss things um because we're just not looking up we're just head down doing so um yeah is there any like how how what what have people done like what are the thing people done in terms of like routines or how, how do you kind of c- keep connected with the planning bit and not just doing and doing for doing sake so uh who, who first i'll go go to miranda yeah i mean i think um what i've i've started to kind of get into certain and you'll love this one james rhythms right so you know i said i know certain times of the week um so monday is much better for me to look at strategy uh talk to members of the team try and work out you know um what's coming what the plan is i mean it's because it's still pretty much in its infancy and we're growing you know um and and things are as Jay talked about earlier, one minute, it's like, this is happening. It's not, okay, this is happening. So there's still kind of that, it's a movable feast at the moment. However, it's trying to um, put some structure around around it and, and then leaving that space for, okay, this is where we expect, you know, really big growth or really big changes. Um, and also depending on how client conversations are going, it could then, do an about face very quickly requirements change very quickly so I guess it's just trying to build that rhythm around a startup which can be like you know taming taming a beast you know um but but certainly I think just having the notion of wanting to put structure in in, in place is really helpful to kind of keep that wrapped around whatever's happening in a particular week awesome thanks Miranda uh Jay uh, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm sort of opposite. So I don't really pick a day to do a certain task because it's, as, as Miranda said, such a movable feast. Um, I tend to, I tend to do where, do whatever the um, day dictates of me. Um, but what I found is to save being busy and save that making me go down rabbit holes of stuff I don't need to do. I'm quite a visual learner. So what I do, I build myself flow maps of process of um, understanding. So if uh, a curveball is thrown to me, you know, a, cl- a client inquiry comes in and it's high priority, we need to jump on it. I know I've built a flow that I know the process, but I can look at this and say, right, that's happened. What's next? And it 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 stops me. I don't know if anyone else has felt it, but you you get this overwhelming sense of. I don't know what to do. And you, you sort of freeze and you're like, okay, what next? And you do have to take that step back with these flows. I, I've sort of set up a process where I can, I can look at something. And it's almost take, it takes me out of that uh, panic mode. And it's like, you've got it written down. Don't panic. You know, you, you know, what's ca- going to happen because you've planned for it. Of course you can't plan for everything, but that's definitely something that's, that's really, really helped me, uh, get through the week um because you know i can't believe it's wednesday already but sort of uh, helps me with that flow in terms of like personal um personal uh, routines and things like that um i tend to go with the rhythm of my body so say say i have more energy in the evening I, you know one of the best things would be about being the head of a company you you sort of have that flexibility to shift your day to where your energy is um so I found, I'll, I'll, as Karen was saying, I'll bookend my day with the same things, but I won't put a time to it. So I'll, I'll have a coffee and and read something or, or sit in the garden if the weather's nice at whatever time that sort of happens. And then there's a, a technique I learned during hypnotherapy that helps me pack away my, my visual files of the day into a nice box, which I can pick up when I'm ready the next day. And just having that visualization technique uh, really helps most of the time in in in, in collecting my thoughts and, and getting me ready for the the next day, which we all know could be a complete curveball, <laughs> and to start yeah. that process all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, thanks, Jay. Um, yeah, Liam. Um, mine's a few things. Um, 
standard stuff like I'm, I'm adamant on managing my diary so I time allocate uh, stuff like and just kind of make sure I'm organized um because I really struggle unless I'm not um the other one for me is a few things is one is go back to what I said earlier just talk to people have a conversation have a think have a kind of what I tend to do is I take myself away I like to go for a walk have a think a bit of me time not always the easiest when you've got business and two young kids but just kind of go for a wander and just have some time to think um when you're alone which actually just allows you to kind of calmly look at the, the situations because I also know I'm I'm someone that enjoys an element of the mayhem I flourish when challenged so it's kind of like I can find myself trying to you mentioned it earlier tackle the problems but that's I'm not going to grow a business by doing that um and that's why I found also this program to help because I've then done some of the stuff that Jay's talking about and then put implement some things behind it. So when we solve the problem, write about it, put that down, become a process flow, and then you've got a template. So, so then you can allocate that to someone else. So yeah, it's really for me managing my diary, taking time to think, but talking to people, but also very open to their feedback because I don't know all the answers. So it's very much a case of, and I make that very clear when we talk, it's like, I don't know if I've got this right this is what I'm thinking. This is how I want to tackle certain things. And I'm really a keen advocator of like weaknesses and, uh, and, and doing things wrong. I think they're good because you learn from them quickly. So I, I, when people make mistakes, I make it very clear that I don't care in the business because as long as we learn from it, it's not a problem. Um, and that's been quite a challenge for some people to work with, but yeah, it's um, yeah. Not scared of being challenged, not scared of making mistakes is one of the things that I've found really helpful. Yeah, awesome. Um, any any thoughts on that? Anyone want to add to it or? Uh, yeah, just a good point on being an advocate of failure. Uh, whenever we take someone on new, we say you haven't really truly joined the team unless you've made a big mistake. And JP, you'd probably know I would have phrased that different if we weren't live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like beaten it out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I th- I think I think that's a really good. Um, a good way to look at things and you, l- you learn from mistakes and and promoting it within the company to learn from is only going to strengthen your team i, I believe yeah but well, we, we we to the to the extent in the environmental consultancy we introduced uh i screwed up cards so it was so people had you know we gave people permission to share that there that there, there were problems and try to like nurture uh you know a a um yeah, a culture where people could could own up to it because we can actually solve it and learn from it. Like it's only really failure if no one learns from it. So, and and weirdly the the acronym of that is I suck. So I screwed up, Cartier. Yeah. So that was, but uh, you know, but it was I was the first one to fill it out. You know, it, it was really important, like as a, in in the team to to have that. So, um, okay, yes, yeah, so we're very near in the end. Um, uh, let's let's do the the advice you'd give um, give your sort of younger self when you were going on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, uh, so yeah, starting with Miranda. I thought it might start with me. Um, I think what I would the advice I would give myself would probably be to look at the um, organisation structure and fill your skill gaps. Um, you know, just because you can't be all things to all men at all times. Um, so yeah, and and relax, <laughs> you know, it's it's not life or death. It's literally, you know, we're on a floating rock. Um, I think it's traveling around a thousand miles an hour. So, you know, just just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Rhonda. Uh Jay. Uh yeah, it's similar to that. So uh, beginning of the journey, I was is life or death whatever the scale of the news uh, you know so it, it's it's take it in moderation so celebrate your wins i know we've talked about that before uh but making a, making a loss on something isn't the end of the world and don't let that affect your confidence in your abilities that's that would underpin the rest of my learning is be you you can do great things you have to be confident in those abilities. Uh, next bit of advice would be uh, start start writing down the processes earlier, so you can learn to delegate earlier. 
because as soon as I, as I alluded to earlier, the the sooner you can start delegating and understand process, the better, because that's when scale really, really happens because you get your time freed up um, to, to do what needs to be done to lead the company. And then last bit of advice is, uh, sort of ties into that is, is get better explaining your vision. So understand where you want the company to go because when I founded the company, it w- was it about money? Probably. As soon as I discovered that it wasn't about money and, and this journey needs to be something much bigger, everything else fell into place. Mm. I, my, 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 you know, the vision changed, the message changed, the clients we were bringing on board changed and that just changed everything in, 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 in its entirety. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks Jay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely key. It's you know, the uh, you know a great a strategy is a is a is a great story told backwards. So you have to sort of get people to um, you know understand where it is we're going, and obviously we know the the line is not straight. It's a, a wiggly uh, sort of path, but um, yeah, just just having a compass more than a map, I think, is key, and and obviously that's the, the north star piece like just knowing where you're going so um liam um i think the one jay just said is superb in terms of i, I learned the same with jay i thought i set the business up to make more money and i realized i didn't because you can make money doing money comes and goes so it's kind of you need to be fulfilled because this is this is tough um if i could go back i would say I would certainly be saying to myself, write down your three and five year, not just a plan. I'd write a plan, but actually what is the goal? What is the objective? Like what, where, and put it away for three years, put it away for five years and come back to it and reread it then. Um, If I had done that, I think I'd have got where I wanted to get to quicker um, and just been very like on that path. Um, Yeah, just, I never really lacked the element of, believing eventually I'd be able to do it. I just didn't know how long it would take me. <laughs> so it's kind of like, but yeah, probably be patient and and write down a longer term vision in terms of like where you want to be. That those are probably the two things. And I've I've been an entrepreneur for it's a bit of a term, but yeah, it's kind of been that 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 regard um for nearly 10 years. And it's for me it's always like the business is bigger than anyone. So for my my old objective and I kind of learned this two years in. I want to build a business that is bigger than me that I'm not good enough to be in. And that's my objective as being a successful entrepreneur. Awesome. Yeah. Can I just say another, sorry, just one last thing actually that's really been key for me is, is networking. And Liam talked about that earlier. I think get around people who understand that journey. And when you, you know, I think it can be quite an isolating journey. Um, so it's really, really important that you have spaces that, allow you to share how you're feeling and hearing people say oh yeah I've been there I've done that I understand that it makes a huge difference as well can I jump in on that actually so there's a really good point you made there because one of my old bosses and this is actually something happened this week right one of my old bosses is a really polarizing character and he used to say no no you need to either be loved or hated don't care about the bit in the middle even you care about the bit in the middle and that was something that rung true with me for a long long time thinking no no, no I've got to be more they've got to remember me and what I've actually realized is me being in the middle where I'm just actually, I want to be liked by people. I want to do the right thing by them is what I've built my whole career on. And it's me. And actually don't listen when someone wants to change who you are at your core, be who you are because you can only be you and then you'll be fine. And it sounds a bit wishy-washy, but genuinely understand you and let go on your own path. Amazing. Well, look, that's an amazing uh, point to, to leave on, you know, be, be yourself. Um, Look, if you've enjoyed this uh, discussion today, then um, please, yeah, well, if you go to amplify.me, join the newsletter, you'll hear about the next one. We're, we're the next one, well, the 15th of June, noon again, UK time, uh, we're going to be discussing innovation and how that can help uh, on the scaling journey and not just like innovation of products. So, you know, innovation of product and, you know, in, in the sort of sales process, that's about like de- delivery to the client. But there's also another thing about innovation internally, what Jay is touching on about, you know, processes and that helps with velocity and and velocity can have huge impact on um, on your market share as a business. So like really, really great discussion. Got some really good speakers um, lined up for that. 
Um, so yeah, there, there you have it. So, you know, don't forget the power of yet. Um, start the session today talking about a world of entrepreneurial success without burnout. Um, I think one thing's for certain that happy people are successful more than successful people are happy. So make sure that you have passion for what you love and, uh, you know, you know, be, be you, as Liam's just said. So thank you to the panelists. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been watching today and uh, look forward to seeing you again uh, in the very near future. So thank you. Cheers, JP. Thank, thank you very much, JP. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.